All right, are we good? Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Let me get this situated, my, my, my dear friend. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. Let's give our fathers a, a round of applause. In fact, let's give our fathers a standing ovation. Right, can we do that? Because, amen. And I say the standing ovation because from the side that I stand on, I don't see many fathers. And I think that the ones who have taken the initiative to, to stand in this place and to fill this gap deserves a round of applause. And a, not only a round of applause, but a standing ovation. I see young black men that don't have the opportunities of ever becoming a father. I see sisters with teary eyes every day just watching a little child, their child, their loved one, laid to rest. Never knew what God was doing in my life when I was going through that journey right there to come back and see that these fatherless kids need someone like us. And these fathers need the mothers like you. So today, I'm just honored. It's been a while because the journey that I've had to take to get back here has been trying. Anybody out there can attest to a trying time. Anybody out here can attest to a little bit of hardship. Can anybody out here attest to just waking up sometimes and just not knowing what the day is going to hold? The trying times that God still has purpose. I love the song, My Sisters, that he is able. Because had he not been able, then I wouldn't stand here today. And so I I have to be just filled in my joy. So give me a few seconds to just segue my end, my way in. Is that okay? And then I'm at home. Amen. I'm at home. I get to talk to my brothers and my sisters because some that that I've had the opportunity of being with since I was a the teenage little guy running around here. And I love my brother right here because he is definitely connected to the theme today of a father's love. And a father's love, we know that the ultimate love comes from God, God alone and God almighty. And then we have our earthly vessels that we need brothers like this, brothers and men like this and like this because when we do get discouraged, we need a man to be able to, turn, to embrace me as a man. Is that right? See, there's an issue today with our young men having that man to embrace them as a man. Because a lot of our youth don't understand that it is okay to be hugged by a man and be a man. And so in this piece of my joy, If I can get, Terry, if I can get just one more verse if he's able. Can I get that? Can I get a piece of that? Do you welcome that with me? Can I get, he is able. Who in here can attest that God is able? Then I just need a little bit of that. Just a little bit. Because I'm battered right now. I'm scarred. There's tears you can't see. We got people that's looking on that's just going through war. And they don't know that he's able. 
and they need to understand he's that he's able. able that he's able. He's able to bring you back. He's able. What you going through? He's able. He's able. things have to come from personal testimony. Some of your journey just has to come from God touching you. Moving you from place to place at times when you don't even want to move. You don't even understand why you're moving. But God's saying, I'm going to show you that I'm, I'm the God from yesterday, today, and forevermore, and that I'm able. So today, I just wanted to Take, a, take a, just a few moments of your time. Is that okay? Yeah. I wanted to just take a few seconds to let us know that there's encouragement on the other side. Amen. I want to let us know also that there's nothing you can do that God is not able to forgive. Amen. Then I want to let you know that there is a Father's love that reaches far beyond our imagination. Amen. So in the repentance and the forgiveness, but definitely in the Father's compassion of being able to receive us after we've been battered, after we've been muddied, after we've been all messed up, that God can take us and just wash us off and cleanse us. Amen. Do I have any testimonies? Has anybody in here ever been just washed off? Clean. Because when you look back over your life where you should have been, where you know you could have been. Don't get too self-righteous with me. Amen. When you look back over your life on some real testimonies, we know that had it not been for the hand of God, we never would have made it. So in this theme, I'm coming out of, and we've heard it, we've read it, we know it, the prodigal son. But what I want to focus on in this text, in this story, is a couple of things about these characters, about these people, about these, these folks that have been used by God that this story has such significance. And then I want to focus on the embrace of that, a fa that father just awaiting on you to come, to return home. So before I do, can we uh, just enter into the throne? with the word of prayer. Right. Allow me to just shed a prayer before we, we go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, there is none like you. 
There is no father that can be matched to you. And so, Father, as we encamp in this place today, as we fellowship today, you have set your agenda for such a time as this. You have placed this time and date, sealed and delivered. You have put your seal of approval here at New Mission with every soul and everybody that attends for your purpose. No accidents exist in your world. Father, you are the God who sits high and look low. You are the God who knows the end from the beginning and even the very number of his upon our head. Father, you are the God who even creates circumstances to let your glory be redeemed. So, Father, today, move me. Allow me to decrease as you increase, O oh God. Allow all of that flesh to be set aside, done away with, persecuted, so that your anointing can flow, that the oil that you have placed in the souls of my being can come forth and let a heart be moved and touched. For there's troubled people out here today, almighty God. There are people who believe that there is no hope. There are children out there, Father, that have not been introduced to who you are. Today, Father God, this is a breakthrough. And we're declaring right now that even a mother can now get a different sight upon her child. That a father can return into the life of their child. And that hope, Father God, can be because we know who you are. We destroy generational curses right now, Father God. We destroy these children dying at the hand of Satan because they have no direction, oh God. We declare, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you pin them to the cross. And we declare, Father God, that you establish a new track so that our children, they can see what the Spirit is, is saying. Lord, we worship you and you only. So as we allow this word to come forth, we're asking for every heart, every spirit, and every mind. And if there is anything unlike you, we rebuke it and we remove it even now. We stand in solidarity. We come in agreement that Satan, you have no place. Lord God, we declare that your anointing is flowing and breaking yokes. We declare that the heavens are rejoicing because whether we see it in here or out there, we know that there's a kingdom filled with your grace. So Father God, I just thank you for right now for using me. Use me despite of who I am. Have your way, oh God. In the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. He is a worthy, worthy God. And so, and going into this text, for those that can't stand, rise with me. I'm going to go into the 15th chapter of Luke. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. And then in this text, I just wanted to just kind of point out a few things. In this prodigal son chapters, we, are, we understand that this is a lost child. This is a lost son. So put yourselves in these places for a minute because as we close, we're going to understand God's grace and God's mercy of being the ultimate father. Amen? Yes. He's able. And so now in the prodigal son, we're talking about the lost son. 
We're talking about an abuser of grace. And we're talking about one who has returned from absence. Please be seated. Please be seated. In reading this, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like your hired servants. Okay. And when he arose and a ways off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatty calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive and he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now, skip down to 26. I'm just going to do this out of text. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received himself and safe and sound, your father has killed the fatty calf. Now, verse 8, 28, very significant. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never trespassed against you, your commandment at any time. And you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatty calf for him. And then the father says, and he said unto him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is now found. In reading that text, and we heard the prodigal son many different ways, many different times, and as we read it, Pastor, don't we always get something and see something different? Hey man, have you ever just read something and then all of a sudden you went back there and you just ask yourself, oh, how did I miss that? How did I miss that? In this one, it was just, it's just so significant because again, I'm me. And in this first piece where we're talking about just breaking it down, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, now in this, two questions came because I'm kind of quite analytical in a little bit of way. The two sons, but it said the younger. Why, why, why the younger? Why not the, 
the older, the more mature, whatever. But typically, when we're young, we're kind of rambuscus. Yeah. We're reckless, right? Yeah. I'm, that, I'm that type of daredevilish type cat. I, I, I got to figure out, just out of curiosity, yo, I, I need, Father, give me mine. Let me see what's going on over here on the other side of the world. So as I'm reading this text, I'm just going in, in, in my way of going. That this younger kid, and he had to be the younger, and by me being the youngest, I, know, I can relate. And so he says, give me mine. But now the father did something interesting, though, because he didn't just give it to the son. He gave it to the one that didn't ask, which tells me that he says he gave to them. Now, them, he divided to them. Why? Now, I'm looking at it, okay, can this have a spiritual component too? That even though I didn't ask, if I'm in my right position, God is going to bless everybody that's connected to me. Is, could it be saying that? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to get in my own little analytical, analytical thoughts together. So the son standing there hadn't said a word. This younger cat, courageous. He's ready to explore life. Then he goes on down, and, and, and he, but he hesitates. Because down in Scriptures 13, he says, and not many days after. Now, this cat, in all of his greatness, he's going to wait before he takes his inheritance and run with it. So he's sitting over there, probably in his room, playing Sega Genesis, doing whatever, whatever he's doing. He's on Xbox, but he's pondering like, yo, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that with this money. I'm going to do this. Oh, boy, I can understand the strip poles. I can understand what I'm going to. I mean, that's what the Bible says where he's going with it. So he's saying he's over there plotting. It says he gave it thought. You ever been in, you, you, you got something, and you just gave it thought like, man, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this this weekend. I, I got this coming. So this cat, you know, he was still, he was in the right position. He was in a good position. His inheritance came down, and he was ready to just go wild with it. See, now sometimes I'm not ready for this blessing. So God has to say, hold up, dude, but I'm going to be gracious enough to let you get this blessing because you keep begging for it, you ask for it, but I got to show you that you're really not ready for it. So sometimes your blessing don't have to always come, so stop begging for it when it's not your time. God is an on-time God, and he is able to make sure that when your blessing does come, you can handle it. Amen? Amen. And again, I'm just analytical. I'm just, that's just my take. You might have a whole different one. But on this one, so he gets down in here, and he says, and he waited, and not many days after, it, I had to stop at this one. Because now I'm talking about it. When I'm ready to sin, I don't want to be with him. He is not who I'm about to call. She is not who I'm about to call. So we look at this cat. Sin wants to get as far away from righteousness as it possibly can. Am I correct? Have you, ever, have you ever been in a sin situation to where you just wanted to hide out? Come on, church. Come on, church. You wanted to hide out. We, we can be stuck off in a place to where this cat, he says, and after so many days, and I'm telling you, it says in Scripture, 
Now, why they put it in there, how they wrote that, hey, take that up with them. But from my perspective, it says after he has gathered all together, he packed his bags, and he said he journeyed to a far country. He didn't stay in the city. He packed bags. He got up. He was ready to say, nah, mom, you are way too holy for what I'm about to do. Nah, pops, I can't do this one. So I got to get way, way away from you. And that just blew me away. And so as far as being able to go into this far place to where I don't want to be seen, we know that when we are in sin, we hide. My dirt cannot be revealed. I have to be able to say, I need to get to a place to where nobody knows me, nobody can see me, nobody can find me out, nobody can even stumble across my path. Because if I'm there, amen, amen. So I don't want you to be able to accidentally (laughs) come come and say, Deron, what you doing here? No. So, can I keep this real? Now, everybody that knows me, that knows that God is the head of my life, they also know that there was a journey of time that I had to go to far countries. There are some places to where we squandered, we did all of the other above. But I was amazed by that scripture when it told me that it didn't register to realize that that's why he ran. Now, in doing so, he says, a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Now, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe, a severe famine in that land. And, and I'm, I'm just breaking down, dissecting piece by piece scriptures. Can I do that? Because there may be someone that's reading the scripture that just doesn't get it the way that I got it, uh-huh. right? And so, and vice versa. So after he gets to that place, and it tells me that this cat, now he has spent everything he has in the country where he knows nobody, in the place where he is an outcast, in a place where he has detached from his physical earthly father, in a place where nobody can stumble across him and say, what are you doing here? So he says now that when he had spent all, then there arose a famine. Now, I'm no scholar. I am no scholar. But what I take that is, you mean to tell me a famine comes when I'm broke? I'm going somewhere with this. You mean to tell me a famine comes when I can't eat? Have you ever been in a situation where it just seemed like time just kept on ticking bad for bad and bad and badder and worse and worse? And it seems like no matter what the day is, it's just like, yeah, when is it going to get better? Not only am I broke now, I'm on E. I'm on flat tires. I don't have no food. 
I don't have a crumb in my pocket, and you got the audacity to now to send a family? I am outdone. So when I carved that scripture out, I said, okay, God has a point here. Now, I'm already in sin. I'm already separated. I'm already hiding out. I'm already doing things behind the scene. So now I'm on E with nothing, no money, no nothing. And now I have to join myself to somebody from another country that I don't even know. Here's what I take with that. It tells me that as long as he was connected to his father's blessing, he was okay. But the minute that last dollar emptied his pocket, disaster came. You got to hear me with that. You can stay connected to the inheritance, and you can stay connected to the blessing. But that money was connected to the anointing. His father's inheritance was connected to the blessing. But the minute he squandered it and had nothing, he detached himself from the anointing, from the blessing. That's when it all came tumbling down. That covering that he had, that anointing that he had over him, it was no longer connected to his father. So now, here comes the whirlwind. When we get out of position with God, when we step away from that anointing, that blessing, that tangible thing, that keeps us connected to God's grace and God's mercy. Now, sin makes me connect to people and things I shouldn't have. Now I'm connected to spirits I shouldn't have. Now I'm connected to the wrong man, the wrong lady, the wrong people, the wrong job, the wrong everything, because I'm disconnected from my father's anointing. I am out of position, Pastor. And that position was connected as long as he stayed in place by having something tangible for what was anointed to him from his father. Amen? Amen. Do you get it? Here's where I went with that. The minute I continue to stay in sin, the further disconnected I become. I got to preach to me now. Now, we are talking a son that in the beginning of this says, Father, and if you look at, I'm even back, going to double back to 11, because he says to them, say to his father, Father, now, that father, I don't know if it does this in your, in your version, but after he says father and then the next father, now this is verse 11. Pull that back up to me because I want to point something out. Verse 11, verse 11, the next one. I'm sorry. Yep, verse, verse 12, correction. And the younger of them said to his father. Now, take note of the capital father right here. You notice that he's talking to his earthly father on one, but simultaneously he connected to God. In the capital F. So now this tells me that he has a relationship with God. Bible tells me, train up a child in the way that he used to go. And so even early on, he knew the distinctions between earthly dad and heavenly dad. So when he says to his father, now he goes into prayer. Father, give to me my portion. To me, he goes into relationship of the request being 
greater than what his earthly father can give him. And that just blew me away from that. So then we come to, I'm down at verse 7, verse 16. After the man, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent them into his fields to feed the swine. I could have stopped there. And the reason I could have stopped there is because as I reflected on what that swine symbolizes, when he had disconnected himself, when he had lost his portion, his inheritance, he wasted and squandered, we do that, he had the audacity to connect to someone who cared nothing about him, who didn't know him from a hill of beans, that saw him as cursed. And the reason I say that he saw him as cursed, because when you go back to Matthew, and I believe it's Matthew, just to be safe, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus was confronting demons, and they asked and pleaded that for them to be thrown into the swine. So for him to be connected to that type of symbolism, to me, kind of tells me that he had reached a state where you, me, have gotten to where now I'm not even valued. That I have sank so low that I have, to, I have the demonicness, the demoness, what have you, to go into swine. And so to connect that had message. So keep me on track, please, because I don't have that. And so as I'm continuing to go, Enough. But when he, afterwards, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods, that swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Now, this here changed the game. Game changer. Now, as he went on and went on and he went on, I don't know how long he was there, but I know that being in the field of sin, being in a field of swine, being in despair, being in discourse, all of that has issues, problems. And it's not until a certain thing has to happen. So now what, it, what I get in the next text is that this very person who asked for a portion of his inheritance, who detached himself from the blessing, disconnected. And the reason I know that he was disconnected because in the next verse it says, but when he came to himself. Amen. Amen. Because that is so significant. That's what tells me he was detached. And not only was he detached, but when I came to myself, when you came to yourself, there has to be a point in time to where no matter what you're going through, you have to come to yourself. Amen. But I, I applaud him because even in that coming to himself, he realized the order of things. He took it back from the date and the time when he was taught by his earthly father. And the reason I say that is because he, he, he went back and had a conversation with himself. Have you ever had a conversation with you? There has to be a point in time where you better be your best spokesperson. Right. So I can't, I can't blame this cat. I can't, I can't fault him. He was in despair. He had pigs swine all over him. Money gone. No more club hopping. No more nothing. 
So now he, he's, just, he's just on E. And then he came to himself in a realization that says, look, dude, I'm having it bad out here. But looking back at even my servants, my father's servants. But here's what he said again. And this is verse 18. He go back once again to verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, I'm right at the beginning of 18. And here again, he uses that capital F. I have sinned against, and look at the order of things. Look at the order of things. Train up a child in the way that he should go. He has something to draw from. He has something to pull from. Despite his separation and his despair, he still held on to something that can get him back to his place. And he acknowledged the fact that I have sinned. But he didn't say to the Father. His first words were, I have sinned against heaven. We have to get to a place to where our kids, our children, the ones that are out here now, understand that they're not sinning against mom and dad. They're not sinning against the teacher or the school or the principal. They're not sinning against the boss or the employer or the CEO. They're not sinning. They're sinning against God in heaven. And until we get back in our rightful place, until they get right in a position to where they can understand that God is a merciful God and that he still sits on the throne and that he has their best interests in place, they are not going to be able to be restored. And hence, while we're seeing what we're seeing every day, we're looking at a, a generation of our sons, our daughters, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, that are Xboxed out and media out and social media out and everything except God is being put right before them. Come on, church. We don't get the opportunity to sit back and say it's somebody else's problem. We don't get that, not being saints. We have an obligation. We have a responsibility. Because not every child is going to hear or have the ability to come within himself because he has nothing in there. And if we don't pour in, how dare us to expect something from a dry well? I am at a place in this scripture that meant so much to me that we have a lot of lost children, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, husbands, wives, out in a place that are in need of repentance. But I get to the point now moving forward that when he came to himself, and I realized that when I came to myself and you came to yourself, that there was, a, there was something just metaphoric about that. Because it was a mind changer. Yeah. 
It changed the set of mind. It changed the mind state. I went from a demonic mindset to a godly mindset. Come on, sir. You can't expect a child to do anything different with the demonic mindset. So he is preaching right there. He's telling me a story about his journey. And so he gets there, and he's, and, and he's all bathed in all of this, but he's coming back to reality. Coming back to reality. Ain't it, ain't it, ain't it lovely that God doesn't give up on us to where he still touches me? Let's go on that. Come on now. That he still touches me, Pastor, to let me come back to reality after I had already went so far. And the beauty of it is in keeping it moving. There is a father. There is a father that's so remarkable in this story to me. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great ways off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran off, which tells me that this was a man, this was a God that is just waiting right now. He is not even in a position of just doing his own business. He is actually just sitting there at the door. He's just pampering, waiting for me. When is my child coming home? When is my loved ones coming home? When is my, whoa, I can't wait. In fact, he's not even up there. He's like this. In fact, he's just saying, when is my, when is my son coming? When will he return to me? I can only envision. Because scripture tells me that when he was a ways off, the father, the father saw him. Can you imagine our God waiting on you to come? Waiting on you to come back? And I'm not to the place to where I got it all together. And we're not. But here's what tells me that if this earthly father can do it, imagine the love of God that says, I know you just went back to that pig swine. I just watched you off 30 times, 15 times, 10 times. Dude, when are you going to get this thing right? But I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting because I know what I put in you. I know what I birthed you with. It might not look like it right now, but I'm waiting. I'm going to ride this thing out with you. Because I created you for my own image. And I know what I put in you. It don't look like it. I'm all beat up. No fancy clothes. I may not even smell the best right now. But I know what I put in you. So I'm waiting. And I'm going to see that thing come to pass. Why? Because I'm God. I'm God all by myself. And I'm waiting for the ones that I've called. Because I've anointed them to do the things that I have purposed for them in their lives. So he's waiting. And so for all of our children that are out there, perishing, God is waiting. Then, just taps it off. As we go through the story, verse 28. As we go through this story, Verse 28 just takes me to the top. Oh, and wrapping this up, 
We get into the sun. Now, the sun said nothing all through the text. You got onlookers that's just waiting on you to fall. You got people that just want your demise. You got people that just won't say a word at all. Nothing good to say. Nothing happening. So you get this brother that's right here that received the same blessing I received because of the, the anointing that's on both of us. God's mercy says I'm no respecter of person. So because I bless him, I'm going to bless you. You're brothers. And then we get this son. After they, he asked what's going on and what's happening over there, what's all the music and everything, he had the audacity to get angry. Says, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and answered and said to his son, his father. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of your horse, not his brother, but this son of yours, came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fattest cat. And in closing this out, he says, I'm angry. I'm angry that I don't get the blessing. And I don't understand it. I'm not quite feeling. How are you going to bless this sinner? You a sinner. What you mean you got the audacity to surpass me at my job? How dare you get this promotion? I work hard every day. Nobody recognizes me. How dare you? You out here doing everything under the sun, and yet you got a nice house, a nice car. I'm mad at you. How dare you? And so this brother is just going all in his feelings right there. And I get it. But he hasn't said anything all through the text. No, where's my brother? No, how you doing? What have you? My point to this is don't be surprised when haters hate on you because you're blessed. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when people that are looking out, looking at you, only can say things when you're down and out. But the minute you get a blessing, the minute you get up, the minute you come up, then they have the audacity to get mad and you act like I don't deserve the same blessing as you, I am my father's child. My God is merciful. My God is righteous. My God is no respected person. My God is no, no person is just gonna say, you better than the next. We serve an almighty God. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Stay in your place. Stay in your position. Stay connected to the anointing. Stay connected to the God that gave you that. Because when you separate yourself from it, all disasters start coming. So don't be surprised by these haters. Don't be surprised when they say, oh, you was in the party scenes. Don't be surprised when they remember how you smoked crack. Don't be surprised when they remember how you danced at the club. Don't be surprised how they remember when you walked the streets. Don't be surprised. Because what haters gonna do is always try to keep you connected to what you once were. But God says, I'm cleaning you off. You are not that same person because I'm watching out for you. I see you and I'm waiting and I'm gonna wait until you get to the front door. 
because I am God. So don't be surprised. We serve an almighty God who's sitting here waiting on your return. Sitting here waiting on your grandchild. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. As long as he's connected to you, he can't fall. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep waiting. Keep steadfast. Steadfast. That child got to come home. He got to come home. She got to come home. Because God is waiting. That's the father. That's the love of a father. That's the almighty God. So don't worry about them haters. They're going to remember everything that you once were. But God. So we're in a place today to where we understand that there's a lot of chaos happening out here. And he's able. I love it. Because if nobody else can do it, he can. He can. And we have to be in a position and understand that only God is able to restore us back to when I say, when I came to myself. You gotta be able to tell yourself, I have come to myself. I am not, I'm not sick anymore. I'm not hurt anymore. I'm not dying anymore. Because at this point, I have come to myself and I declare by the almighty God, that he's able to do exceedingly above and beyond all that we can ask or think. Give me an amen. And so in wrapping this up, for all that are looking, for all who have heard that God is a, a God for repentance, Forgiveness, grace, and the ultimate Father's love. So in that, for onlookers, on the webs, in here, come to yourself. Keep them in prayer. If it's your grandchild, your granddaughter, it doesn't matter. Keep them in prayer. God is waiting. God is watching. He's sitting there waiting for them to return. Keep them connected. Amen. <laughs>